0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Credit Union's Coffee and Conversation. Thanks for hit and play on the podcast. Happy to have you here. I am Patty Quirkery and I am bringing to you a new guest and uh, excited for you to check this one out. We have Michelle Mackley, who is the new president and CEO of PFCU Credit Union in Portland, Michigan. So Michelle is still within her first month of running the credit union. So a big thanks to Michelle for carving out the time for me and, and making some time to let us get to know her better and hear more about her credit union journey and her story. It, It was a lot of fun. So uh, most of you know out there in credit union land here in Michigan, Harvey Hoskins, who Michelle um, took over the reins in January. So Harvey officially retires um, sometime in April. So a great guy, lots of fun, and we'll certainly miss Harvey. But huge, huge new role for Michelle, which is really cool. So it's fun to learn a lot about Michelle and and you'll get to know her approach to leadership, her approach to coaching, her approach to young professionals um, at PF PFCU um, and the engagement she has there and really just leading with humility. So great discussion. I know you're going to love it and get to know Michelle better. So PFCU is headquartered in Portland, Michigan. They have 13 branches. Um, They are getting close to 800 million in assets, uh, close to 55,000 members. So a big credit union, lots going on there, I'm sure. And um, you'll soon get to know that Michelle started there um, as a teller, which is Super exciting! So enjoy the conversation with Michelle, and thanks again for listening. Well, good morning
1: on this lovely Friday. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Yeah, you're welcome. I I feel like I'm brand new in my position, Patty, so I'm a little nervous because. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't ask any like hardcore CEO questions,
0: so no, <laughs> worry. no, no worries. No, I I, I know. Yeah. It's a, it's a light banter and just digging. I mean, you've been in, you've been at that credit union for so long. I mean, you can answer anything specific if I were <laughs> to ask you that, but uh, it's not that way at all. It's just light. So we can just get rolling. And if you've listened to episodes, you know, that I ask people right off the top um, to just tell us their story. And some people, you know, make it all about work. Some people mix in some personal, whatever you want to do. So let's get to know you a little bit better, Michelle, and,
1: and tell us your story. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Lake Odessa, um, which, if you're familiar, it's a it's really a small rural community um, between Grand Rapids and Lansing. So that's where I grew up, um, went to school there, and uh, my junior and senior year, I actually started doing co-op. Um, that was really big when I was in school. Probably dating myself a little bit, but. Um, started doing co-op my junior and senior year, so I'd work or I'd go to school part of the day um, and then I could go to work you know the rest of the afternoon. So that was kind of nice. Um, after after high school, I honestly, I you know, I really did not know exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so not knowing, I mean, I had a few things in mind, but um, started taking some college courses. And thinking maybe I would uh, go into you know legal secretary something along those lines um, wasn't sure so I started working at um, what was back then governmental employees it's it's now M um, one but I applied there started working there um, just you know doing teller work. Um, balancing payrolls. so the state uh the state of Michigan was our biggest payroll obviously um so all that was done by hand back then you know my you'd be would post everything <laughs> so i started doing that um worked there for about a year and then one of um my mentors there had uh applied at at that point, what was Portland Federal Credit Union, of course, now we're PFCU. Right. Um, And so he applied there and he had called me and he said, he said, I, you know, I really think you should apply here. And I said, I'm very happy where I'm at. You know, I I know what I'm doing. I'm comfortable and I'm not, you know, even at that point, I still wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go into. Um, And I did not plan on being in, in the credit union industry for the rest of my life. So um, I, you know, thanked him, but I said, no, I'm going to stay where I'm at. He called me a couple more times. Uh, Finally, I said, okay, fine. I'm going to put my application in, Uh So um, put my application in and was hired, uh, started uh, at PFCU on the teller line, um, went into loans member services shortly after that, Uh, I actually worked in marketing, um, doing our side groups. So I would go out to our side groups and I would promote the credit union, you know, um, talk about, you know, all of our products and services, um, to all of their employees and things like that. So that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, from there I went, I, I went to, um, run a branch. So I was a branch manager actually back in my hometown in Lake Odessa. So that was really cool to go back there. Yeah. And, um, after that, I, I applied for the assistant loan manager position. So went back to Portland and in, in that capacity for about a year. Um, and then the loan manager position opened up. So I applied for that. And, um, I think that was about 2007, actually, that I took that position and 2008, I remember cause, um, I came back from maternity leave. I had my fourth, my fourth baby. Oh, wow. Um, so came back from maternity leave and um, I'll never forget it because Gary and Harvey came into my office and they said, we really feel like you need to take on collections as well. <laughs> And I listened to your four children. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what did I do? You know, but uh, because it was, you know, the downturn. And I just kept yes. thinking to myself, this is the worst time possible for anyone to yeah. not to did take on the collection me? department. You know, delinquency was up, charge offs mm-hmm. were up, you know, things were crazy. Um, long story short, I did take it on. We made it through, you know, we came out on the other side and we did a good job, but yeah, that was, that was a pretty crazy time, but, um, help me grow for sure.
0: Yeah, you could have the opposite effect. Where I've heard horror stories where you come back from having a baby, and people want to take stuff away from you because they just assume you're too busy and you can't handle it. So you had the opposite thing happen to you, where they gave you a very challenging job. Yes, so, they added another
1: department. Yeah. So you know, but that was that was kind of the point that we that we did bring in our collections. You know, under that umbrella, so it would all worked out. It was it was definitely a good thing. Um so I was, I was in that capacity for about, for about seven years and 2014, um, is the time when Gary retired. Okay. Um, so Harvey had, um, had been offered and he had accepted the position of CEO. And at that point, honestly, Patty, I had no intention whatsoever of applying for the executive vice president. Like I was, again, I'm happy where I'm at, you know, yeah. Um, you know, my, my kids were active and busy, you know, everybody was kind of in into everything. So it's like, I was doing a lot of running. I didn't really need more responsibility at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I had a couple of, um, mentors come to me within the credit union and, and they basically said, you really need to consider this. Like you would be awesome for this job. You would do a good job. You know, they just, um, they had a lot of faith in me. Yeah, that's and great. so um, I really thought about it and did some soul searching, and I I did apply and um, was offered and accepted the position, and um, it really helped me to just you know get that full picture of the credit union, and it really did make me very well rounded. And so I'm, I'm really happy that I decided to do that. I'm happy that I had mentors in my life that, that felt that they could come to me and say, Hey, you, you need to do this.
0: Yeah. Were they mentors outside of your credit union? So they're just people you met along the way. Yeah,
1: no, they were actually inside the credit union. So um, they were inside the credit union. They were you know, two people that I looked up to and I respected and they did wonderful, um, in their positions in the credit union. And, you know, I, I listened to them when they say, when they would yeah. talk and say something. And so, um, for them to come and tell me that it really made me, it really made me step back and think about it. So, yeah. so yeah, so I, I've been serving in that capacity for, you know, ever since, and then January 1st, uh, went into my new position as CEO. So, um, that's, that's really been my, my credit union journey in the last 30 years. And I can honestly say I have grown up in a credit union Yeah, because, um, because I really have, I mean, that's all I, have that's all I've ever known. Um, and throughout that journey, you know, I married my high school sweetheart and we do have four um four boys so oh. <laughs> it's been a busy you know it's been a busy 30 years yeah how old what's your oldest and youngest
0: now your boys
1: so my oldest is 30 okay and my youngest Um, is 14. He actually just started his uh, freshman year in high school this year. So um, there was an age difference, a little bit of an age difference between my third and my fourth. Um, We weren't necessarily expecting to have a fourth. So, you know, (laughs)
0: hey, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Um, okay, Michelle, that is first off, just when you first started, you know, kind of bringing us along your path. I always think it's so cool when a CEO started off as a teller, because I just think first off, uh, to all of my tellers and FSRs out there, you just don't know, you know, where your path's going to lead. So I think it's a great inspirational story for somebody who thinks they just have, you know, whatever, a starter job or maybe not a career um, to hear that. And there's a lot of examples of people here in Michigan that have gone, you know, your path. And also the perspective it gives you in working in all of those areas. I mean, you fully understand, you know, what the frontline experience is, what marketing experience is, what lending, what collection, and you've been through all of those roles. And so, to me, it would just make you such a more well-rounded leader um, to really understand be behind the spreadsheets and behind the reports, you know, what is actually happening. And um I think that's just invaluable. Um, and the fact that you have these mentors and I kind of I kind of relate to what you're saying about you know, I was just happy. I I wasn't like going to apply. I wasn't going to throw my hat in the ring. I enjoyed what I was doing. I didn't really think about it because that's been my experience on some level too. Um, And then just something comes along. And I think having that attitude is kind of like just being happy where you are. And, um, and that's a good quality. You know, I know some people always say, you should always be striving. You should always be striving. I don't, I agree with that. I think to really enjoy what you're doing now is, is a great thing to experience instead of always looking around the corner. And it sounds like, you know, and, and I think sometimes it, it just ends up like, look at without you got, you know, it's not like you're saying to us, Hey, when I started off as teller, I knew I was going to run this place someday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't have that experience. And I think that made your life probably a lot more enjoyable (laughs) to just, you know, be, be where you are and learning and, and just having things naturally happen. And obviously, you know, if your mentors are inside the credit union, that means they wanted to be led by you. And that's a really awesome compliment, you know, for them to encourage you to, to go to the EVP role. And I'm sure, you know, we're very excited when you um, started as a CEO. And that's just also very telling of you, you know, because they very could have easily not said anything or like, Oh, I don't want Michelle, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) clearly you have some friends there, you know, people that have supported you and, and that's really great too. Um, so I apologize for like giving you no room to breathe and reaching out to you about the podcast. You haven't even officially been there a month yet. And here I am, you know, knocking on your door for the podcast. So thanks for, for carving out the time. Um,
1: Absolutely. So, and
0: I, I know you mentioned Harvey Hoskins. We, we loved Harvey. He was um, very engaged with us at the league and um, you know, it was a lot of fun. And I hope that he's out there, you know, taking in his first month of retirement and doing some, some good things. So um, so what, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure you've had like opinions along the way of, Hey, if I was running this place, here's what I would do or something like that. What are, what's kind of your goal for the first year? You know, what are you, you know, some CEOs I talk to that are totally new to the organization, their goals are getting to know the team, getting to really dig into the credit union. You've right. been there, you know, you, you know, everyone, what, where are you, how are you approaching your first year?
1: You know, I, it's, it's not even like I need to come in and make a ton of changes. And I don't think that's always the best thing to really, you know, do right off the bat anyways. And like you said, um, I'm already very familiar, very comfortable with the executive team. Um, You know, we are, we have already kind of made some slight changes, um, just some different things. Um, We're, we're meeting like our, our SVP team, you know, we're taking a day every quarter now and we're getting together and we're, we're just talking strategic, we're thinking strategic, we're reviewing our strategic processes, you know, and, and collaborating and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, we are implementing some things here and there that, that, you know, will, will help us on that, that journey, as far as our strategic vision goes. Um, we're trying to really, my thing is, is, is trying to make sure um we're, we're really ready as we, you know, go into and look forward to becoming that billion dollar credit union down the road and just making sure that we're, um, set in a way that we, we can grow into that without having those growing pains and things like that. So, you know, that's a big focus. We just want to make sure that we're situated. We have the succession, um, and, and we're set up for that. So that that's probably our biggest thing. And, um, just, really thinking more strategically along the way.
0: Yeah. That's great that you can come in, you know, and, and start to think at that level, as opposed to, like I said, somebody who's totally new and has to start a little bit slower. So that's, that's awesome that I think that, you know, that sounds like a great, a great approach to see, you know, where you want to drive the credit union. Cause yeah, you guys are what at 750, you're knocking on the door. Um, uh, oh, no, you're like, we're like seven, yeah, ninety
1: three yeah. right now. Yeah. That's it.
0: You're knocking on the billion dollar door. That's, that's exciting. Um, so how is your, you know, how do you see yourself as a leader? You know, how do you engage with your team? How would you kind of describe yourself as a leader now that you're in the top seat there?
1: So I, um, my, actually my personal brand as far as leadership is, you know, I want to be, be viewed as a, as a strong and strategic leader. So that's my personal brand. Um, I feel like I lead by example, um, because I've done it, you know, and there's nothing that I would ask my staff to do, um, that I haven't either done myself or wouldn't be willing to do. So, and I think when you're leading by example, you know, they can see that it's, it speaks volumes. Yeah,
0: that's great. I think that's great advice. Um, do you, um, as you're developing kind of your leadership, do you, kind of just make a natural progression to that or do you rely on podcasts or books or conferences like how do you I'm still trying to and this is a legit question that I want to know because I'm still trying to navigate resources for myself but is there something you rely on to kind of help you develop
1: I know all of the above Yeah, Um, yeah you know I'm I'm a I'm a big uh reader um I love the podcasts. You know, I, I'm probably a half hour from home. Um, so it's a half hour into the office and back. So I listen to podcasts on my way home, um, on my way to work, things like that. Um, and you know, I, I can already tell it's funny, but I can already tell that, um, it's going to take more of me being intentional to really feed myself as a leader yes. because I think once you get to to that level, even the C level, um, at all, it's just you know you have to be more intentional about making sure you're feeding yourself so you can feed your staff, right? Um, and and giving them you know what they need to to become you know the leader that they want to become. So um, it's it's really just being intentional and you know creating the habits. So, you know, reading the books, listening to the podcast, um, being able to, you know, attend the trainings and the webinars and, you know, whatever's available, basically, right. I try to, you know, I tried to do whatever I can get my hands on, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Any podcasts or books that stick out as something that you, you would recommend or just a whole assortment?
1: <laughs> um, I really like um, John Maxwell. And um, as far as podcasts, I listen to him a lot. I've read some of his books. Um, James, James Clear, and then um, Brene Brown is a good one. Um, I just get on my Spotify and I start searching. And so, you know, if I, if I find something or see something interesting and listen to it, um, I'll share it with my, with, you know, with my team as well. So um, anytime I come across something that I think would be helpful and they love that too, but, you know, we all share with each other too. So I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm getting stuff from them as well. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, one of the things we love to talk about, and like I mentioned to you earlier, um, a lot, I don't know if I did or not, but a lot of our young professionals out in Michigan, you know, listen to the podcast, you know, we're, we're starting to. I think as an industry focus more on, you know, the quote unquote crasher type or, you know, really bringing in as we encourage credit unions to do, you know, um, planning succession planning, you know, what are we doing with our young professionals just to get to know people in the industry out and about? Um, Do you or PFCU, do you have any sort of young professional program or do you encourage, how do you develop your young talent there?
1: We actually have a leadership development program. It's like a two-year program, so um, that we offer. Uh, they would have to apply and be accepted because um, we only take ten in each each one per year. Yeah. Um, and so we really encourage them to do that to at least start with that. Um, I'm happy to say we have, we have six of our young professionals in in the fuel this year. Oh, great. Um, so I'm really super excited about that. Um, so I, you know, to me, it's like multiple things with that we need to be doing with these young professionals. You know, we, we have to give them the tools and resources, and we have a lot of that available here at our credit union for them to, you know, get some training, um, you know, uh, listen to podcasts, things like that. Um, and then we we actually uh, have really worked hard on um, cultivating a culture that focuses on mentoring and coaching and career pathing, especially um, you know the young the young professionals. We want to make sure we understand what, what their goals are, whether it's their, you know, a two to three year goal, a three to five year goal, maybe it's more of a long-term goal. You know, we want to understand what that is so we can help them get to that point. Um, We don't, we don't want them to, you know, walk away, go, go someplace else um, because we're not paying attention to where they want to be. And I think it's really important because as us as leaders, you know, start to leave the industry eventually um, and retire, there's going to be a lot of vacant spaces that, you know, we're going to need them to take those, those spots. So it's our responsibility, I feel like as an industry, um, to really make sure that we're getting them ready and prepared.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I love some of those examples. And especially just, you know, when you were starting to tell us your story, you know, the impact that some of your mentors have had on you, you know, and that persistent guy at the very beginning, you know, pulling you out of your comfort zone to apply. I mean, what if that had never happened? Or what if he gave up after one one call? I mean, you just never know. Um, and you started off saying you, you weren't looking to make a leap, you were comfortable. And I, I made note of that, because sometimes we, have to do things that are uncomfortable and and challenge ourselves and you left a comfortable role to join the credit union and now now you're leading it which is such a cool story. Um yeah and I think too, we have my perspective, because I know I've been talking to so many of our credit unions, um, you know, it's not just a Michigan problem, it's a national problem in terms of staffing and, and retaining people. And, you know, this crazy um, mass exodus some of us have seen or the challenges to fill a role at our credit union. And I think, you know, when you hear about, you know, Gen Zers and younger millennials, they want to work somewhere that has a mission, that has a passion, and that, Um, They don't want to just work for, you know, a corporation that doesn't have a, a soul. And I think we, you know, we meet that first box, you know, just by what we do as credit unions, being not for profit, being so ingrained in our communities and really trying to help lift people up. So we tick that box but I think we've realized, okay, we have to do more than just that. You know, we have this mission, which is great, but it might get people to look at us, but what are we really doing for our young people to develop them? And, and I think it's such a great opportunity to focus on, you know, having a leadership program, you know, having people, you know, sign up for fuel and, and those six folks that you have, I mean, you're showing that you're giving them the time you're investing in them to advance. And I think that, is, is, you know, priceless for retaining those people when you show that you have um, an investment in their future. And maybe it's not going to be at PFCU. You hope so, but you're all in on and and developing them and I think that's another really big piece um, of the pie that people need to to kind of focus on. And then, you know, I I see a lot of credit unions doing a lot of great things in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, really paying attention to that. Um, You know, are we, you know, missing the boat by, you know, some older applicants or, you know, that might have a disability of some sort or, you know, a minority, you know, all sorts of ways that we can build a diverse team and are we, tackling that, you know, and, um, I've seen so many credit unions come up with just such great stories and it's really fun. And for the fuel people, it's just really fun for me to engage with them and, you know, to talk to them and learn from them. Um, it's been a great experience. So I'm sure the folks that you have in that leadership program or in fuel, you know, are super appreciative of that, those opportunities. That's very cool.
1: Yes, no, absolutely. They are. And, and very excited and so motivated, you know, they're just so motivated. So that's, that's just fun to see because, you know, I, I really love just watching everybody else grow and, finding their own success, right? So, um, and just knowing that if I can be a part of that in some way to help them through that journey just makes me feel really good about myself. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, what was the asset size of the credit
0: union around about when you started,
1: Michelle? Oh gosh, Patty. Um we were probably we were probably right around a hundred yeah, a million. Million. yeah. I mean, we were small yeah. We had one. We just had the main office. in yeah. Portland, so we hadn't even um, we hadn't even done our first branch out when I started. Yeah. So. so
0: much change that you've seen over time. So, you know, in in growing and, and becoming, you know, like you were saying, you know, pretty darn close to 800 million. Um, what you know, what are some of the big issues that that you see that credit unions are trying to tackle um, or that your credit union is trying to tackle right now?
1: Well, you know, one thing is, I think that um, kind of keeps us up a little bit is not knowing really what's going to happen as far as mm-hmm. with the economy mm-hmm. and how that's going to affect us. Um, you know, we're kind of thinking about, you know, delinquency and charge offs and things like things like that, and and what's that going to look like, you know, later on this year and and so forth. Um, I think some challenges uh, that we have are, you know, just retaining um, the talent and making sure that we're competitive, you know, and offering, you know, um, with our benefits and our compensation package and all of that, that, you know, we remain competitive, because it's so hard to find um, and retain the talent. And we've, we used to never see turnover ever at our credit, yeah. you know, when people came, they stayed and we had, we had so much longevity. Um, and that's just not the case anymore. You know, know. We are seeing the turnover and that percentage continues to to go up. So, um, you know, that's always a focus that we have to have, because we have to have the, you have to have good people, you know, to be able to service your members that that's a priority. So
0: Absolutely. So what's your staffing like in terms of, um, are you in the office or hybrid or what are you all doing out there?
1: We are really, it's really a hybrid, you know, frontline is pretty much in the office. Um, And then, but we have a lot of departments that are, you know, have a mixture Um, and we kind of left it up to those department managers to determine, you know, what that need was for their area and what they could accommodate without, you know, compromising service or anything like that. We want to make sure we're still functioning exactly how we want to function. Um, so we've we've taken really more of a hybrid of, approach yeah. um, to that. And I just, personally, I like to be in the office every day. That's that's me for the most part I am. I mean, once in a while I'll work from home and that's always nice, you know, to have that option. And, sure, but I, you know, there's just something too about being in the office. So, yeah. you know, I prefer I that, but. I agree. Um,
0: So kind of switching gears a little bit about branches. I know you said along the way, you are a branch manager and I think you guys have around like what, 13 branches. Is that right? Yes. Okay. How do you see, you know, over time, you know, at the credit union, how do you see kind of our traditional branches evolving? I know, People, you know, sometimes are into micro branches or, you know, credit unions are still building branches or buying old bank branches, you know, um, what's your approach to, to the branching idea?
1: Branches are so different from when I first started. It's amazing. How How so? Like the actual look of them or what do you mean? Both, you know, I think everything really like we just, so we just opened our 13th branch, Um, last fall we opened a branch in Perry and, um, it's, it's really a completely different footprint than, you know, our, our other branches and that's kind of what we're going to continue to do, but, you know, it doesn't have the traditional teller lines anymore. You know, we, um, we have a lot of technology in that branch, you know, we put ITMs in there and we have ITMs inside and outside and, Um, It's more of an open concept and a very, you know, comfortable, relaxed feeling where, you know, hey, if members want to come in and hang out for a minute and chat with us and, you know, grab a cup of coffee, have a water, you know, want to sit in the comfortable seating, um, you know, they can definitely do that. And, you know, we have universals there that are able to help members with more complex you know, situations. And, um, but it's really to, you know, educating them on the technology that we have. So um, making sure that, you know, they use it and it's there, we're spending all this money on technology. So we definitely want to make sure that the members know how to use it. Um, But yet still being there, it's kind of that balance in my, in my mind that, you know, they, they want the technology because everybody wants, you know, the convenience to really do anything from anywhere. Right. Everybody's busy, you know, they have their own schedules. So, um, but yeah, when they have an issue and they really want to come into a branch, you have to make sure you have them. Right. But, but they can look different and they do look different. So they're just, they are evolving, you know, and they'll continue to evolve. Um, But I think, I don't think they're going to go away. I think sure. you're still going to need something, um, something there for the member to, you know, come into when they absolutely need to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, you know, that's what I see, you know, like I said, credit unions are are still placing them in different locations. And, you know, especially when in some of our rural areas where we hear of some banks, you know, closing, you know, or the branches closing and and then the community being left without a financial institution and um, credit unions have been stepping in to fill that. So I think that's awesome. Um, so I know you've been, you know, just starting in your role, but um, what's something fun? Like, what do you like to do in your spare time? How do you blow off steam and kind of disconnect from work if you can? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <What's that>? Um <laughs> You know, I like to I like to go for walks. So I'm a big walker, and I do like to go for walks. Um, I I think self care is so important. You know, um, I tell that to everybody. I don't practice it as much as I should. Yeah. Um, because I think it's just you know it's it's hard sometimes to find that time to to kind of get away. But you know, I I try to schedule it. So um, even if it's like okay, I'm going to treat myself to this to a spa for half a day or or whatever that looks like. Um, or just coming home and grabbing my blanket and cuddling up with my book. Right. Yeah, You know, that to me is very relaxing and just kind of shutting everything else out. So, um, yeah, there's a few different ways, but it is really important. I mean, you, again, you have to be intentional about sure.
0: it. Yeah. Finding the time is, is never going to happen unless you make the time. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I know. And I do the same thing. It's, it's, it's something you need to kind of put your own, you know, um, mask on right before you can help others it's really just taking care of yourself first which you know sadly a lot of women don't do you know and it's it's unfortunate but i'm glad you're trying to carve out the time especially with all that you have going on um and i'm just excited to see you know i mean i love our male ceos but we've had some women ceos here in michigan retire and so um i was thrilled to hear that you um are are taking over the reins and i just i don't think i mentioned it at the start but A really big congratulations to you um, and um, in your new role. And I'm excited to, you know, see where you take PFCU and, 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 you know, hang out with you along the way at our events or different things that we have going on. So a big congratulations to you, Michelle, uh, on the role. I'm really
1: excited for you. Thank you, Patty. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, okay. So now we're going to wrap up with our five questions that we ask everybody at the end to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so what do you have on your nightstand at home, Michelle?
1: Well, um, I have right now I have two books on my nightstand right. because um, I'm trying to finish one up. It's uh, The One Thing by uh, Gary Keller. Okay. And then I'm also uh, I also actually started reading Traction um, by Gina Wickman. And I've read that before, so this is the second time I'm reading it, and um, I'm reading it because, as I mentioned, uh, we're our SVP team is getting together once a quarter um, and kind of having those strategic discussions and, you know, seeing where our focus needs to be. And so that's the book that we're all reading right now, and then okay. we're going to talk about it. So we're going to plan on doing at least one book a quarter just for that group. Nice. Um, so I'm super excited about that, but... Um, you know, and then the, just the usual things, I have a bottle of water yeah, um, and then I have a picture of my family. So that's pretty much what I have on my nightstand.
0: Nice. So what's the
1: one thing about, is that like a, a leadership book or what is it? A, what kind of book is it? Um, It really focuses on, you know, what's that one thing that's going to really move all your goals forward? You know, we get so distracted, right? Um, You have all of these outside distractions and, you know, all of these tasks that you think are important, but they're truly not important. You know, if they're not moving your goals forward, um, those may not be the things that you should be focusing on. So it's it's really prioritizing your time and, and what you should really focus on. Okay. That sounds cool. I'll have to check that. Yeah, and it, it's, it's actually, it's a good read. It's very interesting. So I'm trying to finish it because I'm passing that on to um, one of my VPs here. I want them nice. to. So. Nice. So are you
0: not a Kindle or a ebook reader? You're, you're like in the paper book still?
1: I am. I am. I'm a big paper book reader. So yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, that's my thing. That's what I do.
0: I've been listening to a lot of books on Audible these days, just because I feel like I I like I am in the car a lot, like you, and sometimes I'm just tired of podcasts, so I want to switch to a book. So, or I just walk around the house with my little AirPods on, I listen to it. So, um, I enjoy that too. But I don't like that for the books you're describing, because I like, I'm a highlighter. I'm a putting I am notes too. In, Yeah. And I need to go back to it. And so I can't listen to a book where I want to remember anything <laughs> when I'm in the car because I'll forget. So like Brene Brown books, I order yes. those because I, I, you know, I'm constantly like referring back to those. So
1: yeah, um, I highlight, I like to highlight and I like to make notes. I have yeah. lots of notes in my book. So <laughs> yeah,
0: good. I'm glad I'm not alone. We're both dorks in that way. Yes. <laughs> um so what is something that people get wrong about you Michelle
1: oh my goodness um you know I think I'm a very fair but firm leader I have I have pretty high expectations um of my team um but I'm also very compassionate and you know have a big heart and I don't think I don't think everybody, you know, not that, not that they don't think that, but I, I think yeah. that um, they don't realize that. Cause I don't, that's, I'm not as vulnerable. So I, it's hard for me to show that side yeah, um, a little bit. And so, yeah, that's, you know, I'm very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something that maybe not everybody realizes about me right off yeah. the bat
0: right because they see the other side and so they assume the the opposite or the other way isn't there so interesting yeah i i can see that um happening with especially in the leadership role you know if you're a taskmaster, so to speak one day you know people might get that impression that that's what you are every day it's like no no i I actually do care (laughs) um so
1: if you could have coffee with anyone who would it be and why Oh, that one's an easy one. I have, you know, we um, unfortunately have had a lot of loss in our family. It seems like, and um, so there's many, many people that I would love to have coffee with. Um, but I think the one person would be my grandma for sure. Oh. She, she is, um, she was just, just a huge light in my life. You know, I, I relied on her a lot. She actually watched my boys while um, when when my kids were little. Um, when we were at work and, and stuff and, and I would actually, her and my mom would always meet for coffee, um, at her house. Cause we all live fairly close together. So it was yeah. like, we either, we would either go there first thing in the morning and have coffee before work, or we'd all meet over there at night and have coffee and you know and it was just, um, it was just such a, such a great time. And, you know, I don't think that you really realize what you have until it's gone. And sure. she's just somebody I, I truly miss and wish she was still around.
0: Yeah. That's nice. But, that, uh, how cool is that for your kids though, to have their great grandmother watching them? You don't hear about that too often. You know, that that's awesome that she had the, you know, she was young enough or healthy enough to do that, you know, for her, I'm sure that was so cool. You know? Um, yeah, that's, I always ask my mom, I'm like, does it make you feel old that your youngest kid is 50? And she's like, why well, do to ask me that? She's like, <laughs> you know, anyway, um, All right. So tell us a bucket list travel destination. We haven't talked about travel. Is
1: there somewhere that you'd like to go that is on your list? Um, Yeah, I think someday I would love to go to Paris. You know, I come from a very small town. Yeah. um, And just the culture and, you know, all of the art, all of that, it just really excites me. So um, that is definitely on my bucket list. I just, you know, have to talk my husband into it, but it's definitely on my my bucket list.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah, that would be, um, it's a fun one. That's a fun one. And not only that, but you forgot to mention all the pastry because it's phenomenal in the bread. Yes, really <laughs> yes. recommend. That's Highly. right up my alley. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. So what is one trader quality that you think every leader should strive for?
1: I I really feel like humility, honestly. um, You know, I'm a very humble, modest, modest leader, I feel like, you know, I know when I need help. Um, I know when others can do things better than I can. Um, and I think that it speaks volumes, you know, um if you can be, if, if you can be humble. And, you know, I I have this quote on my desk, and it's humility is not thinking less of yourself, um, but thinking of yourself less. And I just think that that, you know, is a good way, is a good way to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that quote. And I think it's such a struggle, you know, when you become a leader or you become the the top person, humility is something that sometimes we have to work at, you know, because, you know, it's just a mindset that. Um, I think we've all witnessed some leaders having lack of, you know, and, and we make mental notes like, okay, well, if I get to this role, I'm going to be this way. Um, because I think a lot of people let go of that. And, um, so I think that's an awesome one to strive for, to, to live, you know, um, very cool. Well, Michelle, it's been great chatting with you and getting to know you better. Um, I appreciate again you taking the time. I'm excited to see all the cool things that you do at PFCU. Um, you have a great team over there. We love your your team and um, I'm just excited to see what's next, and and as you as you go along, I'm anxious to see pictures of you in Paris. get to get your husband out there, um, and uh, you know, really um, really excited for you, and excited for our state to have you um, leading a, a credit union in our in our Michigan credit union community. All good things.
1: Thank you, Patty. Thanks for having me. This was Absolutely. fun. This was Yay. fun. Good, good, good. All right. Well, thanks,
0: Michelle. Um, have a good rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend, and um, hopefully, I'll see you around soon. Okay. Thanks, Gaddy. Right, bye bye. Okay, everyone. I told you it was a good episode and I'm sure you agree. Thanks for listening. It was great to get to know Michelle better. Um, I love hearing stories of a leader that started as a teller and worked in several different areas of the credit union before um, taking over as the CEO. I think, you know, we can all agree that that gives you such a great perspective of really understanding all areas of the credit union. And I think it's a great message for all of the tellers out there that are listening to this or all of maybe the FSRs or people that think that, you know, they're just starting out on their credit union journey, you just don't really know where it's going to take you. Um, and and Michelle is a great example of somebody who was comfortable in what she was doing, and just really challenged herself when she got a little nudge to do so. And um, I, I think that's a great story. And all the while doing it with four kids, um, taking on more when she came back after her fourth kid. So, oh my gosh, um, she must have been drinking. A lot of coffee during that time in her life, <laughs> taking over the collection um, at the time of our recession in 2008. What a big job! I love that her brand. And I love that she refers to it as her brand. How cool is that? Her brand is strong and strategic. And I think that's a phenomenal brand to have. And um, really excited to see all of the great things that Michelle does at, at PFCU. Um, she gave us some great reads. She gave a lot of shout outs to some books and to some to some folks that inspire her, like John Maxwell and James Clear and Brene Brown. Um, some great little nuggets of books for you to look up and, um, and kind of take along with you as you're developing in your career so thanks again Michelle for being on the episode thanks for really sharing and being vulnerable with us Uh, we really appreciate it and thanks to the listeners out there for catching another episode make sure that you're following us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so you get notification when the next one drops thanks again for listening happy to have you here and I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon